Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Joy is based in our relationship with God. So what John is trying to say is, the world is looking for real happiness and joy, but they're looking in the wrong places. Happiness has nothing to do with stuff or circumstances. It depends on real life. Real joy is only found in a person, not circumstances. So Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and it pouring or spilling out of every pore of your body. So you can enjoy God daily. So often people want to sell us some formula, vitamin, or an exercise plan that will enhance our lives. Our email boxes are filled with the newest, latest, and greatest ways to enhance and enrich our lives. The Bible offers one way to find life, not a few ways, just one way. This way to life is not a plan or a product, no. The only real way to life is a person, Jesus Christ, God's living word who took on human flesh. This life was gladly willing to share everything that he had and has and is and will be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 1 for our continuing study entitled, Share the Truth and Enjoy God. So the moment I accept Jesus Christ, God... The Holy Spirit comes to live in me. Paul writes it like this, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Now look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't you know that God's Spirit lives in here? Don't you know? They all knew, but they were not experiencing it. Pastor Mark, I know it. I know all the Greek verbs. I know everything. I got it together. No, 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 no. He lives in you now. Experience it. That's God. It's not a fact. It's not a figure. It's a relationship. So here's what I want you to write. When a person becomes a Christ follower, God the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them 24-7. So whenever I need him, Whenever there's a problem, there's an issue, God's available for me. It's an ongoing relationship. Now, look down to verse 26. Look, same chapter. Look right down to verse 26. Same chapter. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, I'm the human that's teaching, but who's your teacher tonight? God. God. 
He's actually teaching you. Now, when he comes, he won't only teach us. He'll comfort us. He'll lead us. He'll convict us. He'll enlighten us. He'll empower us. He'll remind us of the word of God. So John would have to say to them, you already know. Well, guys, I know you're asking, but to be honest with you, doing life 24-7 with God living in me is better than any time I was with Jesus. Oh, I loved it. But I, I have God living inside of me right now. Now, scoot on back to 1 John chapter 4. So don't feel sorry for yourself tonight. <laughs> we have the best of all worlds. We have an eyewitness to Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit actually living in us. Now, look at John 1.4. And he writes this, and there's, a little, there's people that debate how he writes this, and I'll tell you why. We write this to make our joy complete. Other people think he writes this, we write this to make your joy complete. I mean, why do I care if John's joy is complete? I want my joy to be complete. But here's the key. John is a teacher. Look at me. John is a teacher. What is his God-given goal? To teach people. And when he teaches people and he shares the truth with them, What is John hoping for? That people will what? Get it. The light will come on. Anybody getting it here tonight? Anybody getting anything here tonight? Hello? The light will come on. If you have your quiet time tomorrow and and you finally haven't heard God's voice speak to you through the Word of God forever, that's the number one way He speaks to us, is through the Word. And you're going to go, wow, I got it. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Well, I won't be there. Just thank God. So why does John say, my joy will be complete? Because as a pastor, our joy is to see you get it. That's my role. My joy is to see the Holy Spirit turn the light on, and you get it. As we challenged you months ago, get into a small group, get into small, 900 of you that weekend. Fantastic. That was a joy in all of our heart. Man, we were excited. I was excited. Why? Because you got it. You applied it. So John says, would you get it? You can experience God like I did. I'm experiencing him now, not physically. I'm experiencing him spiritually. So there's great joy for the teacher, but there's also great joy for who? The hearers, those learning. So both ways, if you get it and the truth is taught, the teacher is filled with joy, And so are the students or the members of the church. Now, next thing I want you to write is this. What is joy? Joy is very different, very different than happiness. Joy is based on our personal relationship with Jesus. So we told you at the beginning, you can enjoy God daily, no matter circumstances. See, happiness is what happens. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Then it's gone. See, so happiness flows up, down, up, down. Joy is simply based in God. Joy is based in our relationship with God. So what John is trying to say is, the world is looking for real happiness and joy, but they're looking in the wrong places. Happiness has nothing to do with stuff. 
or circumstances. It depends on real life, real joy is only found in a person, not circumstances. So Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and it pouring or spilling out of every pore of your body. So you can enjoy God daily. On July of 2011, my husband and I went to the doctors and received some devastating news. I had a large pancreatic mass and that there was nothing that they could do. Um, We explained to him that we believed that God had a different plan. And um, he said, well, there is this one um, doctor, but he's at the Mayo and it takes months to get in there and you don't have that kind of time. And my husband said, call him. The doctor took the call, listened to my diagnosis, and said, can you be here tomorrow? And I just remember squeezing my husband's hand and and being excited that we were going to, this was the part of the journey that was starting. We were on to something big, that God was right there. And we were going to show our children that God was bigger. Um, From day one, we said cancer was the little C, Christ is the big C. And that was going to be our motto. The doctors at the Mayo were very optimistic um, because I was in great shape before this happened that I would survive the surgeries, but my life, quality of life, would be very compromised. As a result of my surgery, I had 60% of my pancreas removed, all of my spleen, and every lymph node in my abdomen removed. And uh, my doctor at Mayo was closing out my file and um, this was just two months later he happened to he was looking in my abdomen and he scrolled up a little bit and on the MRI he noticed a large mass in my left lung meeting with the doctor um, if I was able to survive the surgery um, with the removal of my lung um, my life would be very different I would be on oxygen 24-7 not being able to move around that my life was going to be um, a very different one, but he was wrong. Um, That's what I love about God. When man says impossible, God makes it possible. We had um, someone from a hospice counselor come out to talk to us, and um, he began to explain to me that I needed to not be so naive and realize that um, I was going to die and that he was going to help prepare me by having me write letters to my children and make a video for my daughter so that she could watch on her wedding day. And I just remember hearing him say that, but it was like, this is crazy. I said, you, could you please leave? And he said to me, well, may I please pray? And I said, oh, yay, I got to him. And then he begins the prayer with, um, Lord, please let her die quickly and painless. I was like, okay, I don't think I ever interrupted a prayer, but that one I did. I said, "Um, no, thank you. And um, we knew that anyone that walked in there was going to hear that um, not a story of death, but a story of life. Um, When I got the second um, diagnosis of cancer, um, my 12-year-old was very devastated. He was like, Mom, not again. How can, you know, God healed you. And um, I just remember looking at him and saying, Grant, we must have missed witnessing to somebody. We've got to go back. And he was like, oh, okay. I think the first um, time that I really realized that um, that was my mission field was the nurse. I remember her just grabbing my hand and saying, what is it you have? What is I want what you have? I, I saw it. And um, that was when I realized that um, God had put me at that exact moment. I was able to share with her about God and, and pray with her. And um, that was just so amazing. 
you know, being on the medical side, she knew that it had to be God. She was reading my chart. She knew. She knew I had the pancreas leak. She heard the doctor say it's a matter of time. Um, So she, she knew. She felt it. She saw that there was something, and it wasn't me. It wasn't the doctor. It was God. Um, when I received my diagnosis of my pancreatic cancer, um, my neighbors just all came together to help. Um, one neighbor that I just loved dearly, she came in and, and um, she said, Sally, what can I do for you? I want to help you. And um, we had been working on them for a long time and praying. We'd invited their kids to vacation Bible school and a youth group, and they just didn't want any part of that. And um, I said, Sarah, what I need from you is you can't do it. And she's like, what's that? I said, I need you to pray. And um, she, she said, well, I'll think good thoughts. And a few months later, found out that um, her kids were getting baptized. And they're in church every Sunday. And, and I remember her coming up to me and she said, Sally, I can do what you ask. And she goes, I can pray. I knew this was just bigger. It was bigger than anything that I could imagine that God had planned for me. You know, and my prayer in my heart is, is that, you know, God gets all the credit and that I make him look good through this. It's not, you know, so many people keep wanting to know, you know, what's the magic? What And it had nothing to do with diet and, and food and good thoughts. And I mean, all of those are important, but it, it wasn't the key. And um, to be able, you know, to go back to the Mayo or the chemo center and or anywhere that I go and tell people that's the truth that that's what it's about you know that that to me is just the whole reason the whole reason makes sense to me now Um, the cancer was just the name the the hope is the same for everybody it's the same for what you're dealing with it's it's the hope of God share truth Did you see Share Truth anywhere? All through it. Did you? How about Enjoy God? Did you see it? Could you see it? Pancreatic cancer? Fight it all through? Have to have a lung, part of a lung removed cancer. Now let me say something to you. What got Sally through that was not a fact. It was not a figure. It was experiencing a person. His name is Jesus Christ. See, in the hospital room, who was with her? God, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. When the nurse says to her, I want what you have. You don't need the brochure. She was the brochure. Do you understand? See, this is what this is what John's trying to say. It's not facts. He said, "I touched him. I was with him. I walked with him." But today, I'm still experiencing the very same way I was, and he's been gone for sixty years. We have to get to the place. You know, we love to say we're not religious, but I'm afraid. Often, we are. You know, one day Jesus was talking to the religious rulers, and he said this to them. You don't know the scriptures. Oh, they knew the scriptures. But he said, you don't believe them. You don't apply them. And then he said this, you don't know the power of God. I want to know both. You want to know both. So Pastor Mike, will I ever go through that? I have no idea. But we'll all go through something. That's the way life is. 
And so Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. John says, you can enjoy God daily. Share the truth with people who simply don't know. Share truth. Enjoy God. In a few moments, I'm just going to pray those words over us as we walk out of this place. That tomorrow morning when you're having a quiet time this week, that you'll begin to experience God. Not weird. It wasn't weird when John walked with Jesus. He just experienced his presence. He heard him speak to him. And then I'm praying for all of us to begin to enjoy God, not endure church. Amen. But enjoy God. Enjoy God. Turn with me quickly to Acts chapter 2, and then I'm going to close. Get on to verse 46. I was going to read it, but I want you to see it. Acts chapter 2. See, John was there in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. John was there when Peter preached and 3,000 people came to the Lord. John was there as the church started. And I scoot down to verse 46. All of our campuses, look at what it says. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Notice the word together. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad, joyful and sincere hearts. Praising God and notice, enjoying the favor of the people. People were going, like, what's happening? How did you change? Who is this person? I don't know who you are. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Understand, what we have at our campuses is not dead religion. We practice, we strive to be like the early church, doing life together with one another and with God. Every person can have a personal relationship with God. Know that. Start experiencing it. Life is not about things. You know that life isn't about things. It's about relationships. Thank you so much for getting sticky in the small groups and the community groups and all of that. But I want you to begin thinking about God when you're in quiet time. One day, God sent Elijah out to a brook. As he was out the brook, there was nobody around. It was in a drought time. The brook had water, and God fed him with a raven. He was alone. He could think about God. He was experiencing the love of God. Our world is crying for something that's real. We have the only thing that's real, God and his word. Let's bow our heads. Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, you... As we sang earlier, Jonathan, the gang, let us, oh, how you love us, that you would not leave us alone. And I think sometimes, Lord, how often you want to speak to us, but we're too busy to hear. Would you just slow us down and quiet us down so we could begin to experience you like never before? Because from that time with you comes our direction comes our strength. Come open doors to hand a person this new brochure who really make excuses for coming to church because they're afraid. Thank God's angry or distant or they're not into religion. God, we're not into religion either. 
We're into you, a personal relationship with you. With our heads bowed tonight, just before we leave, I want to ask you a question at all of our campuses. You're here tonight. And I know in some of you, you've walked away from God. You've backslidden. It, it, you've simply left your first love. And God said to you tonight, come on back. Begin to experience my love and my forgiveness and my loving correction. And let's get started again. I know there's some of you. And in a moment, I want you to raise your hand. And I'm going to just pray for you quietly in your seat. And then there's some of you, as I said at the beginning of the service, you've walked in and you really don't have any purpose. You don't have any meaning in your life. You, you might be uh, from a church, church background, or, or you might have zero church background. But you know life isn't about stuff and you're, you're empty and you're lonely and you're guilty and you're trying to figure some sense to this thing called life. Well, you've discovered that life only happens with a relationship with God. To do that, you have to have your sins forgiven. You have to ask God to forgive you and say, I, I know Jesus died for me. And I want him to come in and live inside me just as, just as you said tonight, Pastor Mark. I want God living in me. How do I do that? I want to lead you in that prayer. So just before we dismiss with thousands of Christians on our campuses praying, would you just quietly raise your hand? And by raising your hand, you're saying this, Pastor Mark, would you just pray for me quietly in my seat? I want my life to be changed. I want to make a recommitment to Christ. I want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive me. I know I need God. I want my life to have purpose. I know I want to go to heaven. Can, can God change me? Yes, he can. But you have to admit that you need him. Would you just quietly raise your hand wherever you're at that I can see it tonight? Just raise your hand. Hi. Don't be ashamed. Yes. Others. Yes. Yes. Others. And Vieira. Sebastian. Yes. Yes. Anybody else want to raise your hand that I didn't see it? Yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? I see that one. Yes. Anybody else? Don't miss it. Don't leave without purpose and meaning tonight. Here, Vieira. Yes, I see that. Or in Sebastian. Don't leave. Yes. Here. Praise the Lord. All right. If you raise your hand, just pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, tonight I realize I need you. I don't want to do life alone anymore. I want to do life with you. I admit, just say it like that, I admit I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Now, God, would you come in with your grace and your forgiveness and your love into my life? Would you move in? Now, help me learn about you and learn to follow you so that I can be a true follower of Jesus Christ and experience you on a daily basis in my life. Thanks for changing my life. Now, with all our heads still bowed, if you pray that prayer, I want you to look at me. If you prayed that prayer at the end of the service, I'll be right over here to the left of this podium. I want you to come down. I want you to say, Pastor Mark, my name is John. My name is Julie. I prayed the prayer. I want to get to know you. Don't leave. This is kind of the cementing until you get water baptized, which is your final identification with Christ. You've already been saved. God's changed your life, but you need to learn how to walk. And we want to just give you a Bible and just take a moment till you come and you let God speak to your heart at the end of the service. Thank you so much. As we heard from the testimony in today's message, we as Christ followers are commanded to share God with others. Even in our darkest moments, we can share God. That is up to us. 
Do we use every circumstance in our lives to share God with others? Every person can have a personal relationship with God. Life isn't about things, it's about relationships with people. Our world is crying for something that is real. That is Jesus. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we will learn about freedom. Freedom that only comes from God. He has conquered Satan and so as Christ followers, we're no longer caught in Satan's snares. Christ came so that we could be free and live a life of freedom. There is joy in knowing this truth, but we must have a relationship with Jesus in order to have this freedom. This is the only way we can truly be free. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Know That You Know. That's next time on Lessons for Living. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons